You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney. If you cannot afford an attorney, one will be provided for you. Do you understand the rights I have just read to you? Uh, I, <laughs> no. Okay, well, with these rights in mind, do you wish to give me the taglines? Uh, I'm going to need, <laughs> need to see an attorney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need to see an attorney after this movie, too. I'm suing. I only have one. Good. And twice the comedy, twice the vice. Absolutely incorrect. <laughs> no, no, you know what? I'll take this one because if they are to say that Vice Academy 1 had one good joke, then maybe two does indeed have two. Good jokes. I was going to say, but you know what the problem is? Vice Academy 1 had one good joke that was an absolute slam dunk, whereas this has two that are like free throws. <laughs> They're just like they don't compare, but more I guess more is more. Free like free free throws uh from the bleachers. Yeah. That's, that's what we're talking about. Vice is a detective squad unit that uh covers narcotics and uh uh sex trafficking. Rings. Yep. Anything yep. like that. Right? And it's all mostly nighttime activity, right? Yes. Yes. And it's it is does operate um a lot of the operations of a vice squad are done under um, uh, covert means. Oh, it also covers uh, organized crime. So That's the other one. twice the vice? Yeah. Uh, double the heroin, double the prostitutes, and double the Al Capones. But not really. Not in this movie. No, but I will tell you what we do have, guys. We have no reported gross, no reported budget. Sex jokes galore, horny drug toxins in the water supply, stripping, two scenes of female nudity, one pair of male buns, robotic bodybuilding police officers, and exploding robots with no deaths to report and a 4.3 on IMDb. It's 1990s Vice Academy Part 2. Let's drop some bombs. You want some onion now, Nat? We got the onion, but they don't smell right. This is great. The old bastard has blown a fuse in the middle of a thermal, and we're gonna roast. I'd like you to be Bimbo Cup. I showed ya! April Fool! April fucking Fool, you motherfucker! My mom's a werewolf. You come barging in here, interrupt what might have been the most important phone call of my life, and tell me that your mom's a werewolf? I mean, my mother's a real honest-to-goodness werewolf. Big deal. My mother's a cow. Welcome to Bombs Away, the B-movie comedy podcast. My name is Jonathan Young. Joining me over there in the hole, as always, is... Officer Finn James. <laughs> Tyler Rowe. You're an officer in the hole? <laughs> yeah, in solitary confinement. Yes, I'm. Um, I'm. I'm. It's like a gulag. 
you're like one of the first ones to ever be put away for their crimes. Yeah. Oh, jeez, <laughs> Louise. <laughs> um, let's start this off right out the bat, guys. Vice Academy Two. It's a rough one. I was telling Jonathan before the show started not to give you spoilers of what my what my rating might be later, but this is quite possibly taken the throne of uh, Class of Newcomb High Part 2. I'm not quite sure because I will say that I enjoyed this one just from the visual aesthetics of it looking better. It had a better budget. I do enjoy this one better than Part 1. Uh, I mean, I don't know because Part 1 has... We'll get into it, but this movie commits the biggest sin of being a titty comedy and it's that it's genuinely boring as fuck it's the writing man it it, it is 100 percent the writing so a little bit of background here when we speak of the writing the directing and everything uh this is written and directed by rick sloan he's the director of hobgoblins and he is the sole owner of all his work and at this point before Vice Academy 1, he had already made three feature films, including Hobgoblins, and a movie called Blood Theater, which I'm totally down. That's like our death steps. <laughs> yeah, that does sound like death steps. <laughs> and Blood Theater and Hobgoblins were both featured on Mystery Science Theater, and he did all this by 25. So I will give Rick the credit for being like, bravo, I, I, I was just taking bong rips at 25. <laughs> you know? So that, yes. But, Rick... I'm sorry, when it comes to writing, it was not your forte whatsoever. And no. that's that's what you're talking about here is you're like, it's boring. It's not funny. You're absolutely right. But somehow, and Jesus Christ, he wrote six of these. Six <laughs> of these. And somehow throughout all of it, the first Vice Academy was given the distinction of winning USA Network's B-Movie Awards for Best Picture. What? what? Yeah. And their highest rated late night film when it was first aired on cable television. That's because nobody had internet porn and they just had to jack it somehow at I the think, time. I think you're absolutely right. I think it was the very real possibility. And I just, it's funny. I just brought this up with my mom. We were talking about films. Jacking that, off. <laughs> not jacking off, but the awkwardness of, you remember Risky Business, right? No, because I'm not old. Will you stop that shit? <laughs> You watch fucking Plan 9 from Outer Space, motherfucker. <laughs> Guess you're old as fuck. <laughs> Risky business. If you haven't watched it, you should have by now. We're I've talking about Tom Cruise, Rebecca D. Mornay, same ring, vice activity here. <laughs> but the point being is that when he calls Rebecca D. Mornay and she comes over and she's fully nude standing there in the curtains... That's the part when my mom walked in and I didn't know what that movie was about as a child. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't, I, I wasn't watching. So I get it. I do get the horny men of the 80s and 90s who more than likely was like, I'm going to see a woman. And that's all that matters. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of what uh, USA Up All Night was a little bit because yeah. I mean for the most part it was horror movies and skin comedies and because that's what USA could afford they literally would just buy a bulk of of a person's movies more than likely they just called up Rick Sloan and was like can we have all six of these 
And he's like, you're the first person that's ever paid money for him. Yes. <laughs> so the movie kicks off with breaking the fourth wall immediately. I thought that when the movie started, I was like, oh, did they attach the trailer to it again? That's what I thought, too, because this is the opening of the trailer. It is. How could you open the movie being like, well, I mean, here, just listen. Hi, it's me, Ginger. Now, I understand that in Vice Academy Part 2, you want more sexuality than you did in Part 1. Which, of course, I have no problem with. She literally introduces herself as saying, Hey, audience, we knew that you wanted more of skin and titties and all of this kind of stuff, so we're going to give it to you. And then you don't. <laughs> no, then you don't at all. It's And also, the movie just goes from here. It How doesn't, do it's not, that, there's not though? even like a weird like break between this moment and the rest of the movie. It literally is just like, all right, on to the movie. They never, ever, ever again break the fourth wall. There's never a look at the camera, there's nothing. So I don't understand. It was almost kind of like the movie started and somebody sat down and was like, all right, you ready for titties? And people were like, yeah. All right. <laughs> cool. And then the movie just goes. And then they're like, but where are they in the movie? Yeah, because what if you'd never seen the first movie? The only thing that you have as a basis at this point from the first movie is it wasn't as good because... Ginger Allen is telling you this. Yeah. She's <laughs> saying, all right, you guys didn't like the first one because it sucked. How about if we made this one suck less? <laughs> <laughs> right? So Ginger Lynn Allen, for those of you, by the way, if you have not heard and you want to get caught up on the lives of Dee Dee and Holly and Miss Devin, what, what Devin Worth? Devin, Devonshire? Devonshire, Devin? yes. Yeah. And the commissioner. All these people are in the first movie, and you should check that out. Episode 96 uh, with Tyler and myself. So Ginger Lynn Allen, for those of you who are unfamiliar with her, was an early 80s porn star turned B-movie actress turned porn star slash mainstream actress and a little bit of jail time in between. And we'll get to that by the end of this. She was ranked by AVN in the 80s as number seven on the 50th greatest porn stars of all time. I'm sorry, I need to watch what I say here, but I do not see how that's possible. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? Because it's that 80s teased hair blonde thing that I, to this day, I guess it's a I'm not old thing. <laughs> I, yay, I just proved I'm not old. But I'm not attracted to this look. No, you're attracted to the porn stars who look like children. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I don't know what that means. Everyone listening knows. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. I, I've i clicked a profile on Instagram and seen that Bombs Away follows them. <laughs> nah, that's like 600 people tops. <laughs> uh that's that's not what I'm talking about here, though. Like, I, you know what I'm speaking of, right? I get like, it. I, I don't get it. understand how certain people were as big as they were in the time. Yeah. She was also like the first vivid girl. Oh, from with with vivid entertainment. Yes. The porn studio across the street from Universal Studios yep. Hollywood. <laughs> I mean, you, when you go to that area, you got to make sure that you have 
basically all-encompassing of what Hollywood is in just one area. Yeah, basically. You got a Bubba Gump, you got <laughs> Universal, and Vivid. Yeah. So she's also, other than Vice Academy, a previous episode alumni because she was Cherry Bomb in 31. Which is, like, news to me because yeah. I can't even remember who the fuck that is in that movie it's also news to me i tried to i tried to find pictures or information about it and i haven't been able to really track anything down i almost thought that they were confusing her with you know daddy daily yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) daddy because i cannot seem to find any information on that but that is according to imdb that's i think i figured it out what's that you know those when the aristocrats are talking and there's just naked people there? Well, this makes sense. That's her. <laughs> She's one of those just like, I'm naked in the scene, people. Well, I mean, it all adds up, right? I mean, do are we even, like, debating that? I mean, I'm not surprised. <laughs> like, if you had told me that and I didn't feel like researching it, I would just take it as fact. <laughs> so Holly is Ginger Lynn Allen. And Holly is out on the streets again, dressed like a sex worker, and she comes up to this other sex worker, and I don't understand why their proportions are so off. Like, how giant is this other woman? Yeah. Is she I, on I was, apple I was, box? What's happening? I was really confused. I thought maybe this was the, the bimbo cop, um, like, uh, prototype in this scene <laughs> that we were seeing. Um, it's also cracking me up because, like... You're saying bimbo cop like people know what you're speaking of yet. No, we'll talk about it later, <laughs> but this is what... That's what I thought. But it was cracking me up because, like, so much of L.A. looks so similar to other parts of L.A., that if you would have told me that this was the like lot across the street from the retro release pop up that we did, I would have just t- taken you at your word, carte blanche, because it literally looks like just like yeah, uh, we didn't get permission to film in this parking lot of this donut shop, but <laughs> we're we're just gonna get this done real quick. Tyler, you are so on that same level with me because I already have that information for you for this. Is it? It is not that. Is it is, oh. but it is in that area. It's on Santa Monica. It it is on it. It is the La Brea Shopping Center that not only this arrest that happens before the title card happens, like basically that parking lot that everybody keeps pulling into, that is the police station parking lot, but it's also <laughs> the Vicerama parking lot, and everything is literally right in the dead center of like touristy Hollywood. <laughs> And and down to the point, I found the address and I have what it looks like now. And it's just exactly the same with a new paint coat. That it's entire those, parking lot. For those of you who live in Southern California and go to L.A., you know exactly the shopping type of shopping center we're talking about. Just those like off the side of the road, just a bunch of shops. A lot of the time they're two stories with like just like six dentist offices on top of like a laundromat. Like it was just I was I've been to this place a million times and I know I haven't been to this place. It it's, was just such an odd location. It's specifically La Brea and Hawthorne is ah. what it is. OK, it's a uh, 7113 Hawthorne Avenue. If anybody is curious about seeing the filming location of Vice Academy Part Two, the one <laughs> filming location. Yeah. But uh, what what struck me and how I was able to find it is there are shots of the complex across the street 
with like a Russian cuisine and a cleaners and everything. And that sign has the actual address. And I was like, oh, well, I can find it. And then Google Maps, which did you know that Google Maps now, anybody out there, has what a place looked like for the past 10 years and you can watch it age in real time? Damn, I want to watch you age in real time. <laughs> that would mean I'd have to be standing out the same corner at all times. <laughs> no, they're watching you, man, through your I, webcam. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got an email the other day from a spammer that said, hey, I know this is your password. And then it was like, and I turned on your camera and watched you masturbate. And I was like, yeah, joke's on you on all that. Okay, you know what's funny? <laughs> if I got that same email... They sent me and said, this is your password, which it is the password to my computer. <laughs> mine m- mine was off. They they left out like the digits. So, oh. yeah, it was similar. But like I was like, yeah, you got it wrong. But it's funny because I just emailed. I was like, go ahead and send that out. Like, let them know what this dick's about. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> because like, what are you what are we talking about here? What is that? What is this spam being like? I'm going to show all your friends your masturbation video. <laughs> yeah. And I'll sell it on my OnlyFans. Right. I, did, I love the part in there where it read like, uh, you have quite the taste, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what, redheads? <laughs> so speaking of showing everyone what that dick is about. No, so Ginger talks to this, this sex worker at like a, a level that you're just like, all right, I don't even know how you got out of the academy because she literally her radio is on. And it's like, yo, we got a crime happening. Everybody's radio is on in this this opening scene. Her and Dee Dee both have their radios on where I'm like, what? Yeah, and they literally just out themselves to, like, perps. It's like, yo, in the real world, you would just get shot. Like, you are, you're dead. That, like... Like undercover, being an undercover cop is so dangerous because one slip up and they will literally just fucking kill you. Yeah. Like, and you're done. And they're just like, ha ha ha. Anyway. Um, so they go on down to where this crime is happening and it's, it's Dee Dee and the other one. <laughs> now, Dee Dee, Dee Dee was called away, uh, as she was undercover as a massage parlor worker. Yeah, she was doing a really good job being undercover because she was literally just going to jack this guy off. And I think she was going to commit to it. If the radio (laughs) didn't interrupt her as well, I'm pretty sure she would have went for the whole thing because she even says to this guy, hey, you're pretty cute. Look me up when you get out of jail. And the guy's not cute. The guy's not handsome. No, no. He is basically Artie Lang's brother. This movie is written. I've, I've pinpointed it. This movie is written for one type of person, truckers, because there's the whole subplot of the girl using the switchboard to flirt with truckers. There's this ugly ass dude that she's about to like jerk off in a part in a, in a massage parlor that looks like a trucker. And then the whole movie spends the entire time with the arguably most attractive person in the whole movie. Being like, you're not attractive and you have a needle dick. Oh, you're talking this, about Petrolino? Yes. This movie was written to make truckers be like, oh, hell yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I don't quite understand that either because when we're speaking of Petrolino, Petrolino, guys, is um, he's an officer in the Vice Squad who is played by Scott Lane. And those who do, aren't unfamiliar with him, 
that's normal because he's only been in TV movies, but he's a handsome dude. Like he is definitely soap opera material because he yeah. was on soap operas and he is presented to be very, I don't know, brain dead and yeah. very chauvinistic and a player and has a huge dong and but, ripped abs. But somehow the girls are not into him. And he doesn't have a big dong, as we learn later in but, the movie. But yes, he does. Did I you know it's see funny that? because, OK, because the, the, we're getting ahead. But who fucking cares? What kind of plot is there in this movie? There's no plot. But, but they they joke that his his code name is Big Nightstick. Yet everybody says that that's a thing. Also, Big Nightstick, and it was like on his badge. It's his official police code name. They're, they're, that's not how that works. And I'm pretty and, sure and, that there would have been at least a fight over who got Big Nightstick as the code but, name if it was real. But here's the thing is like, so he's big nightstick. He's hyped up as having a huge penis. And the girls are like, huh, more like little or like, more like cocktail weenie. Yeah. Right? But then you see him in a thong lane and you're like, no, man, that's that's big nightstick. I <laughs> seriously later on when when they take that gun out of his pants and, and he's like, how'd you know I had a gun? They're like, because there's no way you got out a bulge w without it. And I'm like. Well, the gun is now out of his pants, and there's still a gigantic bulge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I don't know what we're talking about here. So, God. so they go in yeah, to they a got, bus. They got called to a warehouse, right? And they both show up. And I didn't realize the takeaway from Vice Academy 1 was that um, Dee Dee and, what's Holly. her name? And Holly don't like each other. No, no, they've never have. They didn't in the first movie. And we knew that. But it's weird because it seems like they've already been giving us given assignments. But yeah, I guess not. Because after this whole scene, there's an entire discussion about being your first assignments, which is another thing. This movie is just a complete knockoff of the police academy movies, right? Well, obviously, yeah. But this is exactly what happens in Police Academy 2, their first assignment, uh, is that they get assigned to a police station and then they have their first mission before part three, where they go back to train the new cadets. And then the remaining ones past then all revolve around the academy again. This so, one is is that under outliner, just like the other ones. This is this is my big question about the world that this movie builds with this police station, right? It's pretty shallow. Well, yeah. <laughs> it, but this is my my big question is, okay. So, if we are to assume that Dee Dee and Holly are on a specific task force called Vice, right? They're part of the Vice team Correct. and they go undercover as sex workers to bust sex trafficking, right? Okay. They are not cops. No. They are detectives. They Why are they treated like new recruits in this movie? I it is it was the most baffling thing to me this entire time because what happens in the next scene is they are ridiculed for fucking up this bust by not just letting Petrolino take the bust to well, the point where they get put on switchboard duty 
I but these guess. are detectives. That's exactly the points that I was going to bring up throughout this entire thing is that one, nobody seems qualified to be doing the positions that they've been put in place, whether it be switchboard or detective or undercover or Or just a regular. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Because, because uh, nothing says police station, just like a bunch of flyers that like talk, talk to you about how a red light signal works. There's there. So there's that. And there's also the badges behind the, the commissioner when he speaks. Oh, they're just Um, hand drawn. There no, there there are spray paint stencils on poster board without the name of the actual city too, because that's the other thing is like just say you're in Los Angeles or something. Pay the rights. (laughs) You have to pay the rights to say the word. Yeah, it just there is one funny poster on the walls. What? Um, Yes, the Bush one where it just says stop underneath it. Yeah, it's really just funny. Bush Senior up on the wall. So you're like, man, we're in 1990. And there was another one about like questioning, and it's like how to question, and then it says like at the end of it, it's like shoot. And it's just like okay, <laughs> what a weird like social commentary this titty flick is trying to make. Don't question, just shoot. Yeah, <laughs> but yes, so nobody's qualified to do any jobs in this movie. No. Um, and and honestly, the only person who does seem qualified to do their job, but they are slightly a creep, is Petrolino. Yes. He's the only one who's actually good at being a police officer. And everyone's like, fuck that guy, right? Yeah. And were you confused that he wasn't the guy from the first movie as well? No. I was at first. I was like, is this the guy from the first movie? No. It's been so long since we watched that piece of shit. I was like, I couldn't remember. So... They go and ruin his bust. Petrolino is furious and he goes back to Devonshire and the commissioner and is like, I want them taken off the force. I don't believe in women being on the force anyway, is what he says. He literally says, uh, he says, you know how I feel about women on the force. And you're like, they're useless. He literally says useless. Yeah. It's like, oh, (laughs) I mean, if he thought that women were only these two people and everybody else was called something else, then he's absolutely right. (laughs) (laughs) These are the only two women on the force, though. So they are are not showing up well for anyone. (laughs) Well, there's also Devonshire, who seems to have been there a while. And Bimbo Cop. Right? Not yet. Stop bringing up Bimbo Cop before it's time. People don't know what you're talking about because nobody's seeing this goddamn movie. So people are like, I don't know what he keeps talking about because I'm not going to see this piece of shit and I'm dependent on these guys to tell me what it's up. And and Bimbo Cop, but it's a guy. I don't I don't even know what that means at this point. I don't know if there's a word for Bimbo for guy. I, I, I should have looked that up. Dildo. But- Dildo Cop. that's a movie i would watch so this movie likes to play guess who's wearing the wrong uniform because petrolino is dressed in an all-black police uniform yet the commissioner is black pants black tie navy blue shirt and every single person who is wearing a uniform also has different patches on their shoulders and uh, Dee Dee and Holly just get to wear their club attire. It's not even club attire. It's like, okay, so we haven't mentioned Dee Dee is Linnea Quigley. The great yeah. Linnea Quigley, Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, Silent Night, Deadly Night, Vice Academy. They're all things that we've done on past episodes. And we genuinely 
or at least I know I do. I love watching her work in many films. I just watched Sorority Babes in the Slime Bowl Ballorama, and I had a great time with it. I'm sorry to report that both of these films with Linnea are full fails. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say every time I see a Linnea Quigley movie, I'm confused and ask myself if she really is the girl that's in return of the living dead because not only does she just genuinely not look like that character from that movie well obviously but and i don't know if it's the whole thing of just like no one else around her in these other movies is doing a good job either but like comparing because that's the first movie i ever saw linnea in uh, was was Return of the Living Dead. I think that's most people. Yeah, but when you look at that and you see that character and you're like, oh, this character is fucking cool and she's super cool in that movie and then you see her other shit, you're like, what? It's like, no, this is this is like a, this is an error in the credits. There's no way that's the same person. And that's what I kept doing, doing during this movie. I literally midway through this movie was like, did I make up in my mind that that's Linnea Quigley in that movie? And like went back and looked it up because I was genuinely confused. No, and it's, Basically, what I'm doing here for you all, folks, is building a case as to why this movie should be 100% better than it is. Because I've given you Linnea Quigley. I've told you it's right in that realm of 90s, either sex comedy or 90s horror, like that that early 90s, late 80s feel to the film and the production and what they were doing. And it's definitely an L.A. film, which usually are all adding up to something fun. And this just does not take the case. And another point to just kind of really drive that home is the other two people who are introduced in this scene, also from the first movie, is Jane Hamill as Miss Thelma Louise Devonshire. Yeah, that's an interesting one. <laughs> Especially they really Thelma thought that Louise, shit killed. Thelma Louise wasn't made till 91. Well, no, they're real people, though. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Don't even fucking laugh at it. I don't watch that stupid movie. I just watch Wayne's World. Yeah, I know you do. <laughs> what? I said, I know you only know it from Wayne's World. Yeah, because why am I going to watch that movie? Apparently it's a good movie, but I, I don't have time to. I even tried to research that. I was like, is there a book? I, <laughs> it, 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 shame on you, Thelma and Louise IMDb, for not letting me know that these were real people. Do you and I just realized... Something that you actually just, you forgot to mention. What's that? Our, uh, the commissioner in this movie is also an alumni of this show. Because mm -hmm. do you know who he is? I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you're going to mention. He is Jack Chandler in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. He is the detective yeah. in that movie. Yeah. If you look at Jay Richardson's IMDb, just... Literally look it up for a second and you you could do Bombs Away presents Jay Richardson for years, years, dude. <laughs> years. It would never end. It goes from like six, the early 60s until now. And he just has a laundry list of nothing but B movies. And speaking from seeing him in Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers, I can tell you right here right now i love jay richardson yeah well and that's the other thing too is he it, it, this is how it works in this movie right it's him 
the uh, Thelma and Louise Devonshire. Mm-hmm. And honestly, just um, uh, Petrolino and Spanish Fly are the only people in this movie, and Spanish Fly a little less than anyone else. Committing the to their characters? Pe- yeah, and also who are like doing a good job. Yeah, are literally trying their best with the script that they have to make this an enjoyable scene when they're on camera. As we move on in this movie, the the solution instead of firing these women for absolutely destroying a case is, like I said, they put them on switchboard duty. They say it's a job that even an idiot could do, basically. And there, lo and behold, right there at the switchboard is that idiot who, um, this is probably one of the only, one of the maybe five funny jokes moments that I actually laughed in this is that the switchboard operator um, is flirting with truckers on the switchboard and 911 calls are coming in. And one of them is like, there's a man, they're, they're shooting outside my house. And she's like, okay. And then like goes back to talking to the trucker. No, no, it's not just okay. It the the line is help me, help me. There's a man outside my house, and she goes, "Well, if he's cute, get his number." Yes, <laughs> because Jeannie is played by Joe Steele, which is really funny because she's the only actress to return from Vice Academy who was play. She played a different character in the last movie. She was in the last movie, wasn't she? But a, a back, not one of the main three. Not the girl who just kept flashing her titties to like get everybody to be like, oh no, I'm not a criminal anymore. Titties are a present. <laughs> uh, yeah, she she is from the first movie, but playing a totally different character now. She possibly might be my favorite character. This is a big problem. Um, Please, please, in your movie... Don't cast too many people who look the same because midway through this movie, I thought there was going to be a big twist that she was Spanish fly because her and Spanish fly look distinctly similar. And you know (laughs) what? I was really confused through the whole movie. You know what? With with her, what seems to be fake accent. Well, fake uh, Southern accent. Yes. Her. What seems to be obsession with sex, right? Because yep. she's continuously on this police line talking to truckers. And she also gets calls from her gynecologist saying that she needs to come in to take care of her rash. Yes. So all of this adds together with the combination of a villain named Spanish Fly that seems like it could have went somewhere that's what i'm saying is like i genuinely midway was like oh my god she's gonna be sp-. and then she shows up in the same scene as spanish fly mm-hmm. at one point and i was like huh yeah <laughs> it's, it's not but that's ge- that's too smart for this movie to make like a twist and then uh, lo and behold of course they fuck up their calls on the switchboard Jeannie gets a call from that gynecologist And she's like, I got to run. You guys can handle this. And she literally showed them nothing other than how to talk to the truckers and give them code names like begging for more and getting it all night long. It's like also not funny code names. No, no. Like there's no pun in them whatsoever. Even Jeannie's handle is just little Jeannie. What about like Ivana Hump a lot? 
Uh, that's too close to Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Hawk. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so the girls get on the switchboard and Petrolino has gone out to address a call that has come over the radio. When he gets out there, he is immediately ambushed by this guy firing bullets at him. And he's like, this is big nightstick. I need help. And the girls think that he is just another one of the truckers with the handle of Big Nightstick. I'm going to say right here, right now, yes, they shouldn't be on that switchboard. Yes, they should be only treating it like normal calls. But as a third point, Petrolino, maybe you just say this is Officer Petrolino on the official police radio line. <laughs> yeah, because they let this guy get murdered and we never see him again. It actually, the rest of the movie is a very emotional police uh, funeral. Big Nightstick <laughs> has been murdered because this guy <laughs> shoots at him and i i love this i i love that petrolino cuts out of the car immediately gets fired at jumps into the passenger seat and is like i better load this gun i guess he's like oh shit i, I, I should have done this beforehand <laughs> like he's loading his six shooter after bullets have been fired and he has yet to fire any that's not how a police officer walks into any situation. No, they typically just shoot and then say, okay, oh, whoops, uh, better put a gun on him. Sprinkle a little crack on him and let's get out of here, Johnson. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's just... Uh, they get this man almost killed, and that also doesn't get them off the force. Nobody gets fired in this movie for anything except having an STI. What do they? What do they do? Like the the fucking what do they work for the teachers union? They got to diddle a kid to get fired. Not even that, really, man. <laughs> it, it's like the Pope protects the L.A. police force as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Petrolino comes limping back to the station and is like, "Fuck these girls! I want them fired!" Right now, what we have not explained to you yet is that Miss Davenshire has told the girls, Holly and Dee Dee, that if they do not work together on an assignment. One of them will get the unfortunate reassignment of being placed undercover in a women's prison. And Holly, whose father is the chief of police, thinks that she is immune to that kind of thing. And in an earlier scene, her father wrote, I guess, a handwritten note because it was on legal lined like notebook paper. Yeah, that that uh, Devonshire has full authority to do whatever she wants with Holly. Damn, he's done with his daughter's bullshit. I mean, I would too. He's like, I I watched you be a porn star and now you want to be a mainstream actress. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> Choose a dream. So as all this has also been happening, there has been a guy with a ponytail who's been roaming around the police station with no credentials, nothing, just a ponytail and a leather jacket. That's not suspicious. Store brand Bill Paxton. That's what this guy looks like. Yeah, from Future Shock. <laughs> but that is Bill Paxton. I know. <laughs> this is this is like great value, Bill Paxton. <laughs> hey man, you want to drink the water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he hooks up the most inconspicuous thing of uh, water to the to the cooler. It's called, and it literally says Spanish Fly right on it. Yeah, well, because when you order from Spanish Fly, they come right to your door with all the sex drugs that you would need from your water supply. All right, now here's here's something that bothered me tremendously about this whole scene, about the way that it played out, right? 
So they put Spanish fly in the water cooler, right? Yeah. Everyone who drinks from this cooler, right? There's only one person that drinks from it. Well, okay, everyone who gets water from this cooler. Yeah. Why do they use the hot spigot? I didn't even notice. (laughs) (laughs) Every single time they get water from this thing, they get it from the hot spigot. It's for their cup of noodles, Tyler. They're putting it in a plastic cup. It would melt the cup. Yeah, well, you you run real quick with the hot cup to your cup of noodles, and then you pour that shit in. Yeah, that's how that works. It made me irrationally mad because it happens four times in the movie that someone gets water from this thing and each time they use the hot spigot <laughs> with like literally it's so blatantly has the big red top on it that's like this is where the hot water comes out so mrs devonshire gets the water from the container and then proceeds to go into the meeting room which the commissioner will be presenting mrs devonshire to present I guess their appointment onto the vice squad. Yeah, I don't I don't know. That's where it's confusing. But you know what? Like just as much as this movie doesn't, I don't give a shit either. No, (laughs) because all that we're trying to get to is that this water in this jug has been has been spiked with 7-Eleven dick pills. And like everyone's really ho- well, Devonshire is fucking horny now. Yep, yeah, she starts to strip. She takes off her clothes in the middle of the speech. And I love that there's one city official around the front uh, that is just like, "Oh shit, okay, now we're getting somewhere with these meetings." <laughs> Did you yeah, see him? He's like, "God, these are boring as fuck." But finally, he's straight up like. Oh, all right. <laughs> He's like, you know what? Devonshire is arguably one of the most attractive women in this movie. That, that's true, too. And another thing that I, I wanted to mention, because I think it's a really wild thing. Like we said, Rick Sloan made all these movies, right? And that the the character of Mrs. Devonshire has always been played by Jane Hamill, except for part three. But she came back for the other parts, but she, not part three. She literally check this out because she's always worked with Rick Sloan. She worked with him. And and this is another weird thing about typecasting with Rick Sloan is her first film was Shooters and she played a character named Major Lush. <laughs> right. Then she play, she did a film called Mark for Murder with Rick Sloan, where she played a person named Mulaney, which sounds awfully like Mahoney. or literally any Irish cop. And then she did Vice Academy 1, Vice Academy 2, then left Vice Academy series to do a film called Good Girls Don't with Rick Sloan as a prison warden. Jesus Christ. And then didn't do Vice 3, but then did 4, 5, 6 before she stopped working as an actress. And I just don't quite understand... Why Rick, who is director, writer, soul, everything of the film, would not have her in part three? There's got to be a story behind it that is Maybe missing. she didn't want to be in it. But then why would she be in Good Girls Don't as a prison warden instead during that time? Yeah, that is kind of odd. I don't know. <laughs> this, this whole like weird... this the, the Vice Academy cinematic universe is just so confusing. When are the X-Men going to be introduced? They won't. Even when even when uh, Disney buys them, they still won't. 
<laughs> it's called they're going to be called gifted in this franchise that's right <laughs> new vice <laughs> oh god that movie's never coming out i hope again not. so yes spanish fly has tainted the police's water cooler with a thing that makes you so horny that you'll actually die I guess. That's like literally what she says. It makes you so horny you'll die. Yeah, you build up the endorphins, I guess, and 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 you're probably your blood pressure raises and all the other stuff that I don't know, it's been too long for me. And Listen, if it was in, if it was possible to be so horny you die, Jonathan would have been dead 10 years ago. What? <laughs> Not that horny. <laughs> it's just cuz of quarantine, buddy. <laughs> But Spanish Fly is just sitting outside of the police station with in broad daylight x-ray binoculars and a pink flames convertible. Which is a cool car. Who, <laughs> who is a villain at this level that is taking it this far and has not gotten caught yet? She's ballsy, man. I, I actually, I, I respect the hustle. And everybody at the police station seems to know who she is, but we don't. Which made me question, is it the same villain from the first movie? Uh, it is not. But now she's fly-themed? I, I, I mean, but it, it's not the same person. I know. And yet, everybody is talking to her being like, that's Spanish fly, she's gone too far this time. And I'm like... What was the other times? Last time she spiked the water would come. Last time she was just <laughs> sucking dicks all over this PlayStation. It's got to stop. <laughs> Petrolina's like, I wish she would come back. <laughs> I don't understand what this person's motivation is other than to poison the country's water supply and get money. But by making them horny? Yeah, because you don't want to be horny all the time. No, you really don't, I guess. I I, <laughs> I wouldn't know. <laughs> so now they're like, we got to get this Spanish fly. We've got to stop her. I'm sending you guys to the Vicerama, you guys meaning Holly and Dee Dee, to go undercover and figure out if that is indeed Spanish fly's hideout. It's like, if God. you suspect it, just get a warrant and do a raid. Yeah, like, literally, if you're like, I think it is, just go. Especially because she has now threatened you and has actually poisoned you. Like, we're good. We don't need any more than that. Just go to court, get a warrant, and we're good, right? Could you imagine if this movie just wrapped up that well? I would love it. Like, instantly. I would I would love this movie so much more if this movie was 30 minutes long and it was just like, <laughs> we got the warrant and we arrested her. Crime has been solved. And then Dee Dee and Holly get kicked off the force. <laughs> so Dee Dee and Holly jump into Dee Dee's car. And I do love this scene because she's like, you still listen to 8-tracks? And she's like, no, I just use that so people don't break into my car. Listen to my sound system. And she cranks it up and they pull away. Yet the shot goes back into Linnea Quigley dancing in the car. And they really forgot to black out the back window that shows them still parked in the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> not moving if you look, they don't give a shit if you look at the shot the shot is like yeah check out my sound system crank the music on she starts dancing they're still parked then cut to car pulling down the street 
right? Cut back to same angle of her dancing in there, still in the parking lot. Fuck yeah, brother. <laughs> so they get to the Vicerama in under five seconds. They immediately yeah, go in. because it's in the same parking lot. It is. <laughs> they immediately go in and they're like, hey, yeah, we're, we're here to, we're here to, get to work we're here to go for that job interview that uh we heard you guys have and so horace that guy with the ponytail the main henchman is like bill paxton yep bill paxton is like come on in here and we're going to interview interview you meanwhile uh we have girls dancing on a corner <laughs> of the bar yeah this is this was definitely an abandoned building that used to be a bar this, that they like this was actually a bar that was in Hollywood that was a gay and lesbian club all the way up until 1990. I think it had just shut down. Dude, so <laughs> here's here's where I just like I keep this movie keeps losing points for me. There is a honestly like a, a rough estimate is probably absolutely correct. Probably close to three and a half minute long strip scene in this movie. That is not good nor sexy. And it's literally you're just sitting there like, there hasn't been any police work done in this movie yet. <laughs> like, there, there hasn't been anything in this movie yet. And I we're already at the part where you're like, fuck, we're not going to hit 90 minutes if we don't put a three and a half minute long strip in this. There are two three and a half I minute know. long strips. That's, that's, that's what we're not mentioning here. This one right here is done by Tony Alessandrini, uh, who's playing Aphrodite. She is most famous for being the donkey dancer in Bachelor Party. The one who <laughs> dances with the donkey and is going to have sex with it at the party before the donkey snorts all the pills on the table and has a heart attack and croaks. Um, God, that is such a raunchy like Tom Hanks movie. It is the raunchiest Tom Hanks movie. It is in the realm of being like, okay, Tom Hanks comedy, and you go, uh, Money Pit, uh, Bachelor Party, the, well, the, even that's 90s on the Burbs with Joe Dante, uh, uh but, but, uh, Splash, maybe, you, and you go, whoa, Tom, like, you were shooting, you were, like, you know, swinging for the fences and being like, whatever sticks, and, <laughs> and you know what? Bachelor Party's a really funny movie still. It's highly sexist. But still has moments where you're like, okay, love you, Tom Hanks. This I can't wait. I can't wait for that movie to get dropped onto Disney Plus and then they censor out the the donkey in it. Yeah, no, I, I can't wait. I cannot wait for them to make Bachelor Party and it's only 20 minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> so the girls have this interview and they are sexing it up. They're pulling their shirts down and the the owner who is drinking from a booby mug. Okay, there's boobs everywhere in this bar. It's, it's actually that boobs. it's actually kind of funny. There's like plastic like not two sometimes, maybe only one on like a door a on a door frame, like o on the molding of a door frame like like they're Jewish. Okay, and actually, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to raise this movie one more person who's doing a great job for a grand total of 5 out of a huge cast. This guy. It, Huge cast. The Bill Paxton. Are you speaking of all the crowds? 
<laughs> yeah bill paxton it's not bill paxton you're gonna i know it's people. store brand bill paxton <laughs> is actually doing a great job in this movie and actually has really good comedic timing because holly and Didi are sexing it up for this new job and he's like i don't think you guys understand and they still keep doing it still keep getting sexy he's like we're looking for a bookkeeper and it's just like huh it just it's so his delivery is so fucking good and funny because it's just like you fuck like again you fucking idiots didn't even look into slightly what you were getting into did you also notice that he had a picture of sergeant callahan from police academy behind him uh, on his desk behind him does he yes it is straight up Sergeant Callahan, which for those who are like, oh, I know the name. It's the one with the big breast who was like the bruiser who like was from the first movie already a police officer and was training Gutenberg and all the rest. Remember that Jesus. one? Jesus. Yeah. Who's in like all seven of them. Yeah. She it's a picture of her with her, you know, aviators on. And I'm pretty sure it's just a publicity still from the first movie. <laughs> Is this movie really just trying to be that, like, on the nose about how much it's just trying to be that movie? I think so. So, another weird part that I'm like, why doesn't nobody question anything in this movie is that when they first come into that interview and Holly grabs Dee Dee's chair out from under her and, and Dee Dee falls to the ground by mistake, Holly goes, remember, working together as a team, right? And you're like, as the person in the interview, I'd be like, working together as a team doing what? Like, nobody uh, asks these things. You said uh, it we, out loud. We strip together and we split our tips. <laughs> oh, okay, cool, 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 cool. As long as you're not cops. Right? And and Didi's like, I, I, I'll do it. I'll do the job all night long. And then Holly says, I was born doing it. And I'm like, yeah, we know. <laughs> which is even funnier when you think about the fact that he's looking for a bookkeeper yes <laughs> but okay so the only people in this movie who don't know their cops is Dee Dee and holly they, they're fully unaware that they're police officers apparently because everyone else knows that they are vice cops no 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 Dee Dee and holly are literally just actresses trying to be in a 90s movie i see yes and and everybody else is like no you're cops and they're like no we're trying to be actresses (laughs) because everyone knows when they show up to this and have this interview and then leave embarrassed because they were not interviewing for a stripping job he talks to spanish flying it's like those vice cops were here literally at the end of the movie when they go how do you know that we're vice cops he's like the metal detector went crazy when you walked in the door and you're like Okay, one metal detector at this rundown place, not going to believe it. (laughs) Two, though, if it went off as soon as they went in the door, why didn't anybody search them? Because he was humoring them. I guess. Because I think they were trying to get them to come in so that they could trick them or something. Why is this bar also the ratio of men to women is 200 to 2? (laughs) <laughs> why is every patron of this bar just this one guy that keeps showing up in every shot with really long blonde hair <laughs> well he is the 
uh, bar. <laughs> he is the bar. <laughs> he's because he's in every shot. He's just a, a character that has been digitally created for the movie. He he and everybody else in that crowd is just the crowd from Guitar Hero cheering. <laughs> it does it does look like the Guitar Hero crowd, just like everyone all at once in unison, like pumping their yeah, arms in the air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> brown <laughs> yeah that's what they look like as they cheer on every girl that gets on this i can't say stage it literally looks like it's a corner booth in a restaurant where they just rip the table out and the booth is still behind them as they dance they don't get the job obviously because they're looking for a bookkeeper not more strippers and i'm not quite sure that this place is a strip club even uh no, I think I I don't I don't know. The only thing <laughs> would... the only thing that this place the Viceorama actually is is a place for girls to pickpocket other people and somehow get fully away with it as they walk around with the people's wallets of their previous victims on the same tray. There's a guy who literally watches her pickpocket someone and is like then is like, oh fuck, I wasn't supposed to look at that in the shot. And it's just like, oh, it's <laughs> just starts like looking around because he's like, oh, I wasn't supposed to see her do that. <laughs> There's so many moments like this. Okay, we didn't mention it. Do you remember the cop in the very in the intro, right? Who pulls Who drives in reverse? Who, yes. <laughs> who gets to the scene and then looks off camera to wait for Holly to run on the scene. Yes. yes. And then he's like, they're in there. Go for it. And there are so many moments where somebody is filmed and the take is left in long before or after it should have been edited out. It's just so bad. It's just like nobody gave a shit no, on the no. set of this movie. You're right. So now they get back to the the police station and they both are like, I, I can't. I can't work the switchboard. Uh, I, I, we have to, we have to do this. Uh, we have to figure out how to get ahead at this station. And Jeannie had told them earlier that if they sleep with Petrolino, he's the one who makes all the decisions. How? What is he? Is he? I, I thought Devonshire was making the decisions. Yeah, I don't. I, I I'm, I'm so confused as to what the hell the power structure here is like why does devonshire exist because she was in the first movie that's the only thing yeah, i can say basically yeah i don't understand how petrolino has the ability to give you a promotion and when genie says that well genie how do you prove that because you're still at the switchboard yeah uh, i know and and genie are you trying to be a police officer as well are you on the same level I as them I don't fucking get it. <laughs> so both Dee Dee and Holly uh, make a plan to sleep with Petrolino. And of course, it's the same night. But Dee Dee is scheduled, scheduled, literally scheduled to show up at his house first. So Dee Dee's there. And I do really like this interaction because it's that like, I'm a hot, horny stud kind of thing, right? Where he is sitting out on his patio with an entire dinner like flatware set out but not the food itself and candles and everything and he is in a robe and just like boxer shorts 
Yeah. It, on his like front porch. Yeah. Um, usually you just wait inside for somebody to knock, buddy. <laughs> no, he's taking clients all night. So he's gotta he's gotta be there at the door to, really, to like greet them. He is because he starts this off with being like, Hey, I made dinner. And she's like, What did you what did you make? And he's like, It's the special beef My petrolino. <laughs> yeah, that's he says beef petrolino. And I'm like, that's that's cute. That I, I, is that literally why you were named that? Like, because I can't, I can't think of any other reason why other than this joke that is subpar. Yeah, at best. And then he, and then he, he pull, he like gets a dish and he opens it and it's spaghetti and his dick is through the spaghetti nope, as well. We're thinking a bachelor <laughs> party again. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Mick the dick from the scene where the uh, male stripper. At the Chippendales, he sticks his dick in a hot dog and then the girls grab it. So, like, you're not far <laughs> off, man. Like, it's so funny because you're like, I haven't seen that movie. And I'm like, well, you pretty much did by watching all these. So, Dee Dee goes and she's, like, going to get ready. He says, go put this on. And he gives her a thong. And um, she goes inside and a message comes in from the chick that works the switchboard. Genie. Yeah. Genie. And she's like, hey, I left my underwear there. They're the green sequined thong. And it's like, that's exactly obviously what, the yeah. underwear that she has in her hands. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know, they probably are still warm and they are still warm, which means that Jeannie just left. Right. And Dee Dee is already disgusted by the thought that she has to sleep with Petrolino. I don't understand why, really. I understand he's a creep, but like, you're going to get a good dick in. Like <laughs> no, he's got a little penis, but he clearly does not. Even in these, that's the weirdest. Shorts. That's the weirdest part about this movie is like for a movie that very clearly shows that this guy is well endowed. They really want you to believe the characters when they say he has a small penis, which is like no, I've seen his outline. He doesn't. No, not at he, all. He's he's almost hung like that that black guy that people keep sending around in those COVID like spoofs <laughs> that makes you open and there he is sitting on the edge of the bed like this guy's hung he is, stop telling me that he's not he's big he is handsome he's got headshots of himself all around the part apartment uh yeah other than being a sleazeball this guy's got it going on and i'm pretty sure like every other woman other than these two would have been into him in 1990 he's crushing yeah absolutely he's a handsome dude let me tell you Wow, Jonathan. Yeah, I, I told you he's the most attractive person in this film. He, yes, that is. <laughs> I would say Spanish Fly is a close tie. Yeah. She's really cute. I like that English accent. She is cute. She is very cute. But Dee Dee says, I have to go. And I love this line. It might be my favorite in the film is she goes. I can't stay. What's the matter? I'm going to the hospital to have a severe conniption fit. <sighs> what a pity. <laughs> <laughs> He's so nice. He really is. He's like, oh, do you need a ride? He's like actually not a scumbag. He just like comes off that way. I wish. I wish there was one redeemable person in this film. Because then Holly shows up and... Her whole situation was so fucking dumb. Like, whereas Dee Dee had, like, a genuine reason to leave, 
Like she was like, uh, he just tried to get me to put on the panties that some other girl just wore. Right. And right? she stumbled She's upon just like, that revelation. Yeah. And then Dee Dee is just so grossed out by this guy. Whereas like Holly had a reason to be grossed out. She's just like physically repulsed by the guy for no reason. Yes. And she seems more into this than Dee Dee was. She came dressed in like Fred- Fredericks of Hollywood lingerie underneath her jacket. She seems like she was go- she's sucking his fingers right before a phone call comes in. Yeah. I'm led to believe that if you like seconds before that literally out loud so he could hear it prayed to God and said please let like let this be over quick blah 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 then how did you immediately go into porn mode because she looks like she is enjoying sucking his fingers oh she is of, of course she is and then a phone call comes in and he doesn't let it go to voicemail he takes the call why would you do this yeah I don't I don't know he takes the call and basically on the other end of the line says, hey, what's up, girl? Yeah, I'm not too busy. I can talk. Yeah, see you in an hour. Like, and schedules another sex date while she's in the same room. And that's what makes her go, I'm out of here. This is bullshit. That's the the thing that finally well, set it over the edge? And she's also, like, dry heaving when he's, like, saying this. She's like, ugh, ugh. It's like... What? No. See, and that's that overreacting for comedy purposes that if you just wrote a better script, your actors won't have to overreact at how disgusted they are. They'll just be able to say it and portray it with real feelings and emotions. But what basically what you're laying out is that they have to have a good script and, you know. That's just not going to happen, John. I've already laid out like from from that to Jay Richardson to uh, everybody who we've talked about thus far who is committing to their roles. They're working with a shitty script. Yep. So Holly leaves as well. Another thing that was really weird is he gave her his own like her own personal toothbrush so that I guess she could spend the night, that kind of thing. But then she sees that there's an entire cup full of them. And then if you see that there's a cup full of them, why do you leave and decide to brush your tongue before you throw it on the ground? Yeah, I that was a weird one, too. I was like, ugh. <laughs> like, wh- what? I feel like if I was script supervisor or something, every single time I'd be like, all right, cut. And they're like, you're not the director. No, I, you need to cut. And they'd be like, why? And I'd be like, because that sucked. everything about this movie sucks yeah so they get back to the police station the next day and they're having a conversation and genie is like hey i heard about your guys threesome with petrolino last night they're like where the fuck did you hear that we didn't even have sex and she's like yeah 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 uh i heard it in the guy's locker room and they go what why are you in the girl's locker or the guy's locker room and she goes, oh, I just throw my hair up in a baseball cap and throw in a towel around me. And no one, no one even knows I'm there. What? <clears throat> no, I'm pretty sure they know exactly who you are and they just like that you're in there. Yeah, they're like, nice. Right? And you would think that that would mean something for later on when that happens. But there's no correlation whatsoever. But Dee Dee and Holly are like, fuck Petrolino. Let's go confront him. 
They go in and they just rip his towel right off. And they see his dick and they're like, ha ha, big nightstick. More like cocktail weenie is what they mm-hmm. say, right? Yep. Hey, um, just ladies and gentlemen, did you, are you sitting here thinking, wow. Nobody's Jonathan even listening Tyler, at this point. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler and Jonathan are really going on this weird tangent about all this weird shit in this movie. Why aren't they talking about the plot? This is. That's the yeah, plot. This movie also forgot that it had a story it was supposed to be telling. <laughs> yes, because there's no reason why these girls should not have been just within the past 10 minutes of things that we've discussed in the film shouldn't have just been doing more undercover stuff or at least being bumbling cops or something. No, they lower themselves to sleeping with somebody to get ahead in life. Yeah. And and that's, that's something that I know that I I'm sure that the actresses on this set couldn't just go up to Rick and be like, Rick, this is setting women back like a hundred years, even though that's a line in the film later. Uh, well, which is interesting because this movie is trying to be like progressive, progressive, but then at the same time is like not because you're supposed to be sitting there when when Petrolina earlier in the film is like, you know how I feel about women on the force. They're useless. Then the our then characters are supposed it. to show <laughs> that that isn't the case. But they don't. Nope. Ever. Never. So they confront him being like, you're a fucking liar. And and then Petrolino is like, I'd never hit a woman. But and, and she's like, go ahead and do it. And then he swings. He was going to hit a woman. <laughs> and Holly hits him first and they walk. Yes. Out. And I guess Petrolino got his. But that's the thing is Petrolino is never made out to be a like side villain either. It's not like no. it's not like. They knocked him out and he's learned his lesson. No, the movie goes on and he's going to be a part of it still. No, he's just an annoyance. Yes. Basically. So we cut back to Spanish Fly because the film's like, oh, yeah, I forgot. And she presents a monologue about poisoning the water supply and straight up fumbles over a line. And they were like, yeah, we're good. Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we we can't do a second shot. Did you did you catch it? Where she's like, no. Uh, it, it, I'll I'll just play the clip, but she just straight up stumbles on a line, and they just left it in. Here you go. <laughs> the map has completed. Every major water supply in the United States has been marked. And if they don't give us the twenty million dollars that we have asked for. We're ready to show them we need mean business. We're ready to show them we need mean business. It's subtle, but it's there. And nobody was like, uh, uh, take two, you know? No, no, no take twos on this. There's no take twos. We can't afford the film. It was good enough. (laughs) So she presents her main plan that it wasn't just to poison the police force or to poison LA the entire water supply for about 20 million dollars yeah and I love that the girls who are the minions who are named aphrodisia and fellatia I do like that (laughs) that's one of the more clever funny jokes in this movie yeah that's 
that's like the minions that uh, Tommy Lee Jones had in Batman Forever. I thought you were going to say the minions from Despicable Me. I would never say that. <laughs> Fuck them. <laughs> hate them that's their name i hate them <laughs> beedo beedo fallacia <laughs> <laughs> fill my asshole beedo beedo so the girls are like oh man i can't wait to get my cut and i do love this line where spanish fly says girls girls 20 million dollar cut you wouldn't want to miss out on your guaranteed 400 a month here at the club would you no 400 a week oh yeah four 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 hundred a week yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, that still adds up to exactly what we're all dealing with right now. So Yeah, well, it's kind of funny because she does say, if I gave you guys a cut, I wouldn't have enough to pay you your $400 a week. And it's like, huh, I'm starting to not like this Spanish fly lady. <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like Bob Iger. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, if I took a pay cut, how the hell would you guys get paid? (laughs) (laughs) So the movie moves on back to the police station. It almost seems like that Spanish fly scene was pointless. And almost like this whole movie. Yeah. So somewhere along the line, the movie raised its hand and said, can we have a fourth plot? Yeah. (laughs) The movie raised its hand, said, hey, um, remember the main plot? Can we keep going on that, but also add another one? Yeah, like a fourth plot at this point. Mm-hmm. Because if you count the Spanish fly stuff, the stuff with Petrolino, the problems that the girls are having on the job normally, and now this additional piece of plot, we've got four different things running around here that somehow are going to meet up at the end. I honestly wouldn't even say this is a plot. This is the... You guys, you've heard me say it like 10 fucking times already. And you've heard Jonathan yell at me about saying it 10 fucking times already. But here it is, guys. They introduce Bimbo Cop. Why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Like, if RoboCop was a female competitor on American Gladiator. That's exactly what it is. if, If RoboCop was Starlit Night from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Coming up next, Storm and Ice. <laughs> yes, because this character is played by Tegan Clive, who was a bodybuilder in the 90s and, and in the 80s and wanted to compare herself or at least get to a level uh, of, quote, being the female Schwarzenegger. That didn't happen. No, it didn't. But it'll give you guys at least a little bit of a idea of the size of this woman. She's fucking massive. Massive. Like could literally pick either one of us up by the scruff of our neck and with no problem. So she was created by some fucking nerd. Yeah, named Myron. And they're going to give him like a hundred bucks as a thank you. And he's like, this thing costs $10,000 in parts alone. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay, well then uh, write a check for 150 bucks. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and Myron created Bimbo Cop with a simple switch on her back that can be controlled via like the spinner from Twister. 
Yeah, seems like a really easy way to turn her to rampage mode that she apparently has. She has rampage mode, casual mode, vengeful mode, work mode, and then there's two others that we'll discover later that are going to become extremely important, yet should never exist in a piece of electronic. Exactly. <laughs> so they're like, this is the new and improved cop that's going to be on the force. They literally are just stealing from RoboCop now. Yep. But she doesn't look like a robot whatsoever other than wearing football shoulder pads and being a gigantic bruiser of a female. And they're like, what are we going to do with her? Well, let's test her out on the switchboard. Yeah. And then she does a good job, lo and behold. Uh, I'm going to say it wasn't that hard to begin with, but sure. I know, but of course she does a good job. She's a robot. Right? So she she does a good job, and then while that's happening, conveniently, Big Trucker calls in to and embarrasses Jeannie, and her gynecologist also says, we have a new cream for you to try out. Yeah. And this is where I'm pretty sure that Jeannie might have a case against the department, because the commissioner is like, I'd like to talk to you. And I think she was fired for her STI. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that's protected under the Americans with Disabilities Act. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can do that. So Jeannie's extremely upset that she was fired. And the commissioner says, yeah, it's because we found the robot to do your job. But commissioner, I see you that and raise the fact that like, I don't think a $10,000 robot is best used at the switchboard anyway. No. So maybe just fire Genie and hire a real switchboard operator if you're going to do the firing in the first place. Because Bimbo Cop's going to be used on the field. I would hope yeah. so, right? No, they're going to have to make phone call cop now. I'm extremely upset, though. <laughs> Why the name? Why Bimbo cop. And why is everybody who is supposed to be from the city council and everything as this presentation happens, why are they like, it's a good name? Yeah, I Holds don't up. get that. That That's the part that made me kind of mad was like, what? Because this is where Holly does say, this thing will set back women a hundred years. She's not wrong. No, but she's talking about the movie. That's the only other fourth wall break. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but... Why that title? Why Bimbo Cop? <laughs> because that's another thing. I'm going to ask you, Tyler. Uh-oh. What is your definition of the 80s term bimbo? Did you know <clears throat> that uh like there's a there's a straight up community out there of people who have what's called a bimbo fetish. Okay. And a bimbo in that term is women who have huge fake breasts and like augmentations. And that's because that's where my frame of reference comes from. That's what I think. I or that little white bear on the Mexican bread. <laughs> Damn. Uh, donuts. <laughs> donuts. Yeah, Bimbo makes donuts. Uh, little tiny little donuts. Uh, the definition of Bimbo from the dictionary is an attractive but unintelligent or frivolous young woman. 
Interesting. So that does not fit this gigantic cop thing. Who out of the entire cast, if we had to say it was like you have no choice, you have to like place this definition under one of these characters. Who are you going with? Um Dee Dee. I'm actually going with Holly. I mean Holly, but yes. I, you don't know which one's which, do you? <laughs> no, I don't. This entire time I've been saying Dee Dee and I meant Holly, apparently. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, Ginger Lynn Allen is definitely got that look. If if it's the same term that my mom used to use back in the day, then that's the kind of person she was definitely referring to. So I'm just not quite sure why, one, we're using this term at all. And then two, why it's used to describe this person. Because that's not what she looks like at all. If anything, no, she, I, like you said, she looks like an American gladiator. Yeah, yeah, Strong without a doubt. cop, better cop. Literally anything cop other than bimbo cop would have been acceptable, probably. Cock cop. Slut cop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, you know? Like, cop cop. <laughs> I, I. It's just, nope. Nope, it's not cool. It's not at all. No, it's not even funny. So the girls go back to the Vicerama, and now they somehow think that they're going to play themselves off as something different? Yeah, and the guy's like, I already know who the fuck you are. Right. <laughs> and he knew but they were cops before. They don't know that he knew they were cops before. But he goes, weren't you the girls from before? And they're like, yeah, now we work as a singing stripogram. And you're like, what? They're like, okay, I know you're cops. Go ahead and strip. I know you're cops. <laughs> it's like, yeah. So I do. Here's the other three and a half minute long strip scene. It's worthless. It's awful. They're just slapping. Okay, this this strip off. I feel like I've seen this multiple times at a regular bar where like two girls get too drunk and then people like take their hand and be like, get up on the bar. And then they just <laughs> dance and stupidly slap each other with their clothes like any of that's yep. hot. Nope. And you're just like, somebody get the drunk bitches off the stage already. <laughs> yeah. They're those girls who like get up and like dance while a band's playing on the same stage. You're like, get off the fucking stage. And I mean, they do look like fucking death, like death leopard groupies. So it could They work. really, really do. And another thing that I don't quite understand why, but I felt like it sounded the same is that the theme music through most of this, and specifically here during the strip-off, sounds like Jabba's, like, palace music? <laughs> like, that's literally the same thing. Like, if I could play them back-to-back -back for you, you would understand that it... And, and it even looks like that kind of thing, where just a crowd of people cheering on, like, Ula, the dancing Twi'lek girl, as she... Does a really shitty dance for Jabba the Hutt. Because that's what Salacious like. Crumb is like jacking off in the corner. <laughs> He's like. I fucking hate this movie, guys. I wish Princess Leia would just choke me to death. Get me Spanish fly. <laughs> <laughs> so, this. The girls get captured here at this point, correct? Yeah, they, they get captured because Miss Devonshire 
went and got that job as being a bookkeeper and for some reason just gave up her element of surprise and the fact that she was undercover as well by going up and pulling the two girls off stage because she's embarrassed that they're undercover cops and stripping. And you're like, why would you blow your cover? And why would yeah. you not tell anybody that you got this job? And when did you get the job? Cause it seems like all this has only happened in 24 hours. Yeah. This is the quickest uh, police investigation ever. <laughs> and maybe it's, it's important cause it's like the first, you know, the first 48 hours in a murder investigation are the most important. No, that's a missing child. <laughs> that's every case. Yeah. But she reveals herself to be a cop as well, and the henchman Horace just captures all three of them. So they're captured, they're tied up, they're in the back room, and then they hear that the metal detector has gone off again. And enter Petrolino. Who... Insert a clapping sound effect right here. The only fucking real cop in this whole movie is Petrolino. Yeah. Like, this whole thing is kicked off because uh, Holly and and Dee Dee almost got him murdered. Like, that's the whole reason this whole movie has been put into motion. Um, So he gets captured by Spanish Fly. And this is again when we get to see his huge dick in his pants. That's, yeah, he's we, all tied we up. mentioned that before. They grabbed the gun and they said the gun was the reason why his bulge was there. But his bulge is still there. And then it's fully prominent when he's... In a thong. When, yeah, he's down to a thong tied up in shackles in Spanish In a Knott's Berry farm maze. What? <laughs> when he's tied up in a Knott's Berry farm maze. That room he's in with the skeletons. When he's when he's like tied up in that thong and chained up, there's skeletons in the room, and it's like the cheap skeleton you could buy from Spirit that's like twenty bucks with like no definition in any of the bones or anything like Why that. Why is it that all we reference is Spirit Halloween? I feel like we've done no, it like four times now in the past four episodes. It's because it is the hallmark of like a shitty movie when you see something that you're like you could have bought that at, at Spirit. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, spirits were uh, like countrywide, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I. They're owned by Spencer's. That makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised the skeleton didn't have a dildo with it, or or a rabbit. <laughs> Damn. So yeah, they shackle up Petrolino in this room. He's fully naked except for being in a thong that bulges out for all to display. Cockerlino. Yeah, and. They go back to the girls who are tied up, and then they hear that, uh-oh, bimble cops here. But what we haven't mentioned is that Jeannie, prior to being, you know, leaving after being fired, went up to bimbo cop, and there's two settings that we haven't discussed that are very easily just spin the dial, and she will be on that mode. And one of them... That she's on right now is called worthless mode. Yeah, because they did that to her when uh, they wanted her to like fuck up at the at the switchboard. Which is like, why is worthless mode on there? Why would you like I know that my 4K TV does have a broken mode and all <laughs> I got to do is like turn it on and then the thing doesn't work and I'm pretty happy. So what is this mode? I don't know. What is worthless mode? What? Is, what? <laughs> like, like, 
what is I would like to turn you into can I, junk? Can I? I'm gonna make a joke about worthless mode, but I want to put a disclaimer in front of it. I don't actually feel this way. Please think of this in the sense of of a boomer humor type joke, okay? <clears throat> Worthless mode. She's already a woman. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were just going to say she's already a millennial. <laughs> no, she's very clearly not. <laughs> um, so, yeah, she's on worthless mode, which makes her pretty much worthless. She doesn't know how to fight back. She get, immediately gets tied up, and that doesn't matter whatsoever. How? They literally just moved barely, and like we're like, oh, rampage mode, and just turn it on. What was the point of tying these people to these chairs? There's no point. There's no point to this movie. <laughs> Are you reaching that point in our review? Where you get there and you're like, I hate everything. Well, it's not hate everything as much as just can't really, I guess, describe people's motivations or reasonings or anything anymore. D does that make sense? Like, I, I, I literally yeah. am trying to explain why people do anything that they're doing. And then we got to a character named Bimbo Cop and it didn't fucking matter anymore. <laughs> nope, because guess what, guys? Let's do it. You know how this goes. Bimbo Cop gets out, goes on a rampage, arrests everyone. The day is saved. It's not even in a particularly interesting sequence of events. It's not even, there's not even like a cool action set It's piece. not even a chase, really. When, and I raise you, when Bimbo Cop arrests Spanish Fly and her henchmen, and the cop pulls up to arrest them at the same place as the beginning of the movie, I raise you that they used the same shot that they had done before, the same set of things that they have shot to show the cop driving into the same parking lot again. Because it is the exact same thing as before. It's not even a change of location. It's literally the opening scene of the movie. They arrest them and they're gone. Yay, bimbo cop. How did she get how did she get a boomerang though? Yeah, I don't she stole it off that kid from uh Mad Max. <laughs> because then Bimbo Cop goes on and they're gonna present an award to her, even though Dee Dee and Holly think that they're gonna get their award. It's like, no, you're lucky you're not fired. As they're about to present it to her, they Apparently, she has a blow-up mode. Yeah, it's called overload. That's our final mode that we haven't actually mentioned yet, is that there's a mode on a piece of electronic equipment that is supposed to be useful in which you could be like, yeah, fuck it, blow it up. Yeah. And I use that on my razor every morning. <laughs> <laughs> then she explodes. They get up there and Dee Dee is given the award. And not Holly. Okay, but there's the, you're you're leaving out some important stuff here, like as to why that all goes down, and the reason why all of that gets set into motion is the fact that it is Holly who went to the commissioner prior to this awards presentation and said, "I think I deserve the award for the arrest of Spanish Fly, and it would make my father proud." And the commissioner's like, 
yeah, no, I'm going to give it to Bimbo Cop because she actually saved the day, which she did, right? And so yep. Holly is like, I can't have that happen. She's the one who turned it into overload mode prior to the award ceremony. Yes. And so Bimbo Cop, like you said, exploded. And then Dee Dee is basically standing off to the side, not saying I want the award. But Holly immediately is like, you know what? I think I deserve the award because I was the first one to do this and I was the first one to do that. And Dee Dee's like, actually, I did that and I did that. And then Myron, who has watched his creation explode and for some reason is wearing a red sequin jacket. I don't yeah, know what's I going on know. there. Um, he was going to fuck Bimbo Cop after. Well, I know. I think he was already doing that. I think <laughs> that that was the joke when he said, like, also the hospital bill from the welding accident. Yeah. <laughs> I think there was more going on there. So he looks at the box that, by the way, Bimbo Cop looks like a normal human being in all ways, shapes or forms, except for the switch box that has the D Turner knob on her back. Uh, might want to hide that somewhere on your yeah. on, the, on the police force's best weapon but no he looks at the box and goes this box will tell us the last person to mess with her settings and it's like how yeah how it's got a camera in it beep, boop, boop, boop. it's holly all right holly you're being reassigned to the jail and dd Dee Dee gets the award and and also we're gonna make a prison rape joke to just wrap this all up yeah but did you hear who dd called on the phone no so to wrap up dd's story in the vice academy series because linnea quigley did not return for any of the sequels after this dd goes out with a bang she calls the guy from the beginning because they actually say she drinks the Spanish fly and nothing happens right. to her because they literally say she is too horny to get hornier. That would be you if you drank the Spanish fly. I don't fly. understand why I'm always the horny one. <laughs> I don't. Because you be the horny. I'm not. Oh, you fucking liar. I am. You're right. <laughs> so she calls up John and I guess John from the beginning of the movie is out of jail and uh, she's on her way with a whole bottle of spanish fly which they're gonna go shack up in a florida trailer park um, <laughs> fuck each other's brains out evidence yeah it is okay it is but then yes holly gets goes undercover in a prison and whoop-de-doo but the funny part is the only good part is when bimbo cops like exploded body comes up to the camera and like talks and it's like very clearly a puppet. I I love that part. That's the only part of this movie I thought was funny. That's where all the money went. <laughs> That's where they spent the whole the budget. The whole budget is Bimbo Cop's half-blown-off head. <laughs> That's literally just a puppet on the leg Quigley's arm. Yep. Yeah. So what's funny about the fact that Holly ends this movie in jail, and basically, from what I read, spends a lot of the next movie in jail, uh, is that her is that the actress ginger lynn allen was actually charged with willfully submitting a false tax return in 1991 she was uh avoiding her taxes yeah what's funny about this is that she was charged for avoiding a tax amount 
of a little over $2,000, $2,087.04 to be exact. And when she was convicted, she served four months in prison and 17 days. And she spent most of her career earnings on the legal fees. So she actually spent more money in the legal fees and bankrupted than herself. she would have for paint. <laughs> yeah, than she would have spent for the taxes. But the funny part, or not funny, but the interesting part of this entire tax invasion story is that Lynn herself would not have been investigated for tax evasion if it was not for the fact that she did not participate and cooperate with the investigation that was going on with the porn industry and Tracy Lords at the exact same time. Oh, no. Yes. So basically what it looks like, and it's speculated. She was probably giving like a plea deal. Yeah, it, no, what's speculated is that because she refused to participate in the Tracy Lords scandal, which for those who are unaware, Tracy Lords actually got a fake ID and participated in pornography at the age of 16 and then, in a wild turn of events, four days after her 18th birthday, mysteriously, she was revealed to have been underage during all of the two years worth of filming her, and thus making all of her pornography illegal to distribute or watch. And thus, it being illegal to watch that made sure that Tracy Lords, who was trying to make a mainstream name for herself now has no legal pornography that is attached to her. So it's suspected that she herself turned the pornographers in for her old content so that nobody would then be able to actually own her. And so she rose to stardom and then had it all wiped away. And, and also got the money. So what money? She got paid for doing those well, videos. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. She got a huge paycheck, and she rose to stardom in the porn industry as, as one of the top girls. And for all that to get wiped away, and then Ginger Lynn to not participate in that investigation, it is suspected that the FBI actually was like, well, fuck you. Here's, here's the penalty for not cooperating because of the measly amount. I mean, it could have been that. It also could have been like, if you testify, we'll just drop this charge against you. Well, the speculation from Lynn herself is that, like, that that was never on the table, that they retaliated. Mm, that sucks. Yeah. So that's a really wild little little piece of this, like, kind of puzzle of how just these porn actresses back then were were running this business whether it be trying to get into mainstream or trying to get into these sex comedy movies and they're all trying their hardest but sometimes it looks like you gotta go the extra effort sometimes it looks like you'll try really hard and you'll be in six vice academy movies <laughs> and then play and then play a uh, brothel worker in the devil's well, she's only in three of them she stops after part three. Oh, yeah. does she? So the next one in this series will be Ginger Lynn and also Dee Dee's sister, I believe, is who the, the next character to join her will be. Jesus Christ. So get ready for Aren't that. Aren't you so excited we have four more of these to uh, do? Yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited, but I'm pretty sure that that'll never happen because I'm pretty <clears throat> sure that you're going to quit so we never have to do that. 
<laughs> it's in my contract. I won't do another Vice Academy movie. <laughs> uh, so that pretty much sums it up. Like, are you going to recommend it? Because I'm sure it's no. Not. I'm not. No. What are you giving it on that jaw scale? Genuinely, I think that it is an insult to Jaws Four to give it a no, Jaws Four. No, it's not. But it's right. This there. is a Jaws yeah, Four. It's Jaws the Revenge like, for sure. It is awful, and it is so boring. Yeah, like the whole movie spends so much time on nothing. Absolutely nothing. I don't. I don't even know what happened. This movie could have been solved in fifteen minutes. This could have been a YouTube skit. Yeah. <laughs> well, what did Carly think? <laughs> I'm just getting right into it. What did she think? She watched this with me on her lunch break. And when her lunch break was over, typically she lingers for a little while. But she was just like, I got to go and just left. <laughs> like It didn't, didn't even like. And there wasn't even a you can keep watching this without me if you want. She knew I, I, I got that picture. Well, it's the same as the last time we did a Vice Academy. So, yeah, yeah, no different. Well, you've heard from us and you've heard from Carly. But there's still an entire group of people thinks they're the most important people in the world. And who are we to deny them of that? This is Gimme Five. These are five and ten star reviews pulled from the internet, Amazon, and INDB specifically. I have no idea what they're going to be about. Tyler right, uh, finds these for me. So what do we got today, bud? Would you be shocked if I told you there's no ten or five star reviews for this movie? I, I'm ex- absolutely floored right now. <laughs> so because I literally I, thought that like Big Trucker would have at least given it five stars. There wasn't any. There wasn't even any like reviews for this on imdb that had things written for them there was like no reviews written it was just people giving star ratings and then not writing a review so i hope you enjoy them here's two one stars and a two star review of this movie okay and it looks like they're all from amazon or no they're all from amazon all right this one's from amazon customer written may 11th 2015 very little nudity Two or three women go topless once in each movies. Okay, it wasn't me. It was them. (laughs) Movies are okay. Just don't expect some Academy Award movie. I wouldn't buy again if I knew what I know now when I bought it. Okay. Could you imagine being like, yeah, I would. I don't know why I bought this. (laughs) Just like I was really horny in the moment. I guess. Who would buy this without trying it out? I don't know. I don't know why you'd be like, oh, Ginger Lynn, cool. <laughs> this is just like, I'll it's buy it. It's gotta be Quigley fans, man. It, yeah, probably. So this next one, written by <clears throat> Amazon customer, back in January 23rd of 2016, one word, terrible. Two stars. <laughs> His was more positive than that last one you read. It was like, better review, but still just terrible. And the last one, written on the same date? Yeah, that was weird. <laughs> by Andrew Baker. Sucks. <laughs> one star. Amazon one reviewers star. have <laughs> Amazon reviewers have such a way with the like the the way they review things, the way with words. It's either like that sucks or like 
yeah, uh, it delivered on time. Um, but the Amazon driver, uh, he didn't put it on my porch. He put it in a bush. So one star. What are you going to do? <laughs> well, what are you going to do? Ladies and gentlemen, that about does it for us here at Bombs Away. Thank you for listening to Vice Academy Part 2. Hopefully it wasn't as horrible for you as it was for us. If you like the episode, go ahead and give it a like. Go ahead and subscribe to us on all podcast platforms if you haven't already. Hit us up on all of our social media at Bombs Away Show and also bombsawayshow.com where you can find all the episodes there streaming. Um, this is the end of this month, so no more horrible, horrible sequels. Thank God. Nope. Next week, Mother's Day is coming up, folks. Hell yeah. Don't forget to send your mom a yeah. card. Send her something at least. Yeah, send her coronavirus send her in an envelope. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> because next week, folks, we're going to be doing another my mom slash stepmom kind of movie, just like we did with my stepmother's an alien. This time, <laughs> it's werewolves. It's my mom's a werewolf. <laughs> we're going to do another one of those stepmom videos, like <laughs> movies. It's like, whoa, this this show is taking a different turn in, in content than I was anticipating. <laughs> yes, folks, uh, for, for next next month, we have Mother's Day coming up and we have uh, another great canon film uh, to add to our collection of episodes featuring uh, canon movies that amazingly bad distribution company from back in the day that gave you masters of the universe and but also gave you great things like texas chainsaw massacre 2 so hell yeah yeah that's gonna come up the next week with going bananas and then after that if those of you who are like hey wait a minute didn't you guys like give a couple of us the prize of spinning the wheel and picking a couple movies out at that midsummer convention you're absolutely Damn, right. Here I go. <laughs> and we're finally getting around to it. So we're going to pick two of those films on our shorties uh, this week coming up. And you're going to be able to find out what those are. And actually, My Mom's a Werewolf is from Zachary Sokol, which is at the film cultist. He was one of the people to win that. So the first request of the month actually comes up from somebody who did indeed request this film. Oh, so shit. folks, if you're out there being like, how can I request a film? This is exactly it. Just write into us and put it in a message and we will consider it because I was looking for another mom film for this Mother's Day and boom, came right back to this list and was like, wow, we've got a lot of requests to get to. So that's what we're going to start doing, guys. Hell yeah. Well, thank you guys so much once again for listening to this episode. Uh, again, just to harp on it, share, 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 share. Let people know. Also, as we've been saying during this unsure time and everything like that, please stay safe. Don't go out there if it's not safe to go out there. If you are going to go out there, wear a mask and social distance or just make sure that you're following the guidelines, you know? Don't go protest at your state's headquarters and then get coronavirus and then say it's against the law for them to make you stay inside your house even though you have an infectious disease that has killed almost a million people on Earth. You know, stuff like that. So... Thank you guys for listening. That about does it for us here at Bombs Away. I'm Tyler. I'm Jonathan. And I'm about to go and have a severe conniption fit. What a pity.
has been a production of Big Bulb Entertainment, executive produced by Jonathan Young. For more media and information, visit us at www.bigbulbentertainment.com. Big Bulb, what's your bright idea? Yeah.